Bill. What? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. there in podcast land it's your boy johnny motherfucking dope coming at you again with another installment of strange things are afoot at the circle k and let's get into the topic at hand if you are someone that frequents these airwaves whenever i decide to upload a new podcast then this will be a treat for you because i'm continuing my series this 10-part series of the 10 things that are hurting this country the most. And, um, you know, obviously this is from my perspective. These are the struggles that are facing the current society. Um, and before we get into that, I think I owe you guys a little bit of an update context, what I've been doing with my life. Um, I haven't been podcasting too much, but... Um, whenever I get the opportunity, I'm trying to eke out a podcast here, podcast there. I do another podcast, but that has not been my priority. If you are an avid listener of me, and I've been doing this podcast since 2017, then you know that my philosophy is, uh, no matter if you're a writer, if you're an artist, um, if you're a leader, if um, you are someone that just wants to tell a story or someone that wants to have a podcast and um, have an opinion about the world, you can't just have your, your nose in books. Uh, you can't just be on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. You have to go out and live your life. So I'm a big proponent of living your life. And so from time to time, I got to always take long breaks just to increase my own uh, knowledge, perspective, um, maybe challenge myself. You guys know that I do every year a personal growth challenge. Um, I used to profile it on this podcast. Um, a few of them I did, um, but now I still, I always do them. I just don't always profile them on the podcast. Now, I will mention what my personal growth challenge is this year, and maybe after I get done with this uh, top 10 things, by the time I get done with this top 10 episodes thing of the struggles facing our country, it's already going to be the next election cycle, and uh, we're going to have another president You know, a couple years from now, and who knows what's going to happen, uh, the way that my podcasting schedule has gone. But uh, I digress. So you guys know my personal growth challenge is always dependent on things that I am either not a fan of, not good at, or something that I feel like I need to improve in, or something I just don't like to do, and I try to get better at that. So the thing that I chose this year, um, because I am not a, I'm an avid reader, but I read like blogs, I read uh, nonfiction, 
I'll read, um, you know, stuff online. Um, you know, I'm a big podcast listener, but I, I don't really read literature and I really don't read classic literature. I don't read, um, fiction at all. And my wife is a huge fiction reader and, uh, through, you know, just paying attention to her and, um, just being open-minded to a couple other people I know that are really into fiction. And one person in particular, a school teacher that I, that I know very well. Um, I do some presentations in her English class and she always uses classic literature, fiction books as a, an analogy for, or a metaphor for something she's trying to teach the kids about life. And I was like, man, I'm really missing out. Not, reading some of these classics and understanding the perspective of the writer or those characters. Um, because when you read classic literature, especially not only are you getting the metaphor, but you're learning something about history as well. And so I said, Hey, let me give it a crack. And so I challenged myself to read. Um, and this is going to seem very specific and it is, but it's like random specific. But I said I want to read 5,000 pages of classic Russian literature. And so there's lots of great Russian authors. Most of them are from the 19th century. But I digress. There's, uh, there's a couple in particular, like Tolstoy, uh, Pushkin, and my favorite, Fedor Dostoevsky. Um, and so I'm probably, I'm close to 4,000 pages into this. And it's only that the year is only half over, a little bit more than half over. Um, and I'm, I'm going to blow that 5,000 pages out of the water because even though I hate reading, I have found my method that I can uh, read a lot in conjunction with some audiobooks and then rereading some stuff, um, watching some analysis videos on YouTube that really get me to to see it from a different perspective and kind of go in and, and reread some chapters that I miss, some um, uh, podcasts and vlogs that are on just uh, like book clubs and stuff. And it's really got me into some of these stories. And um, I can't wait to share with you guys some of the things that I've learned because I've always been a philosophical-minded person. I read a lot of philosophy in general. Um, and there's a lot of philosophy in certain, uh, literary authors as well, especially Dostoevsky. So it, it was uh, a struggle at first, but I'm really enjoying it now. And I kind of feel guilty. That's a personal growth challenge because I'm, it's, it's so much a part of my life now, um, that, you know, I've just gotten kind of addicted to it. My, my birthday is in a few days and my wife got me some books, um, to add to my collection of when I'm done with Russian literature, I'm going to go on to some of the other classics. Um, and I haven't just read Russian literature. Here's the thing. I've already read well over 5,000 pages of classic literature, just not Russian literature. Cause I, you know, if you read a lot, uh, and a lot of kind of heavy, dense things, it's hard to just read it all the time. Sometimes you got to put it down and, and read something else. It's maybe a little bit quicker, a little bit lighter, something, you know, just to kind of cleanse the palate. So I've 
I've read some other shorter stories, shorter books, um, and so far so good. It's it's going very well. So um, hopefully, it. I mentioned it now because I think it ties into um, you know this this top ten list that I came up with, uh, number eight, which is the big reveal. What is number eight? So let's back up just a little bit. Number 10 was uh, people being anti-work and lack of work ethic. Um, number nine was education or lack thereof. And number eight is lack of perspective and lack of historical context. So what I mean by that is when you see people talking about political issues, no matter if it's the woke agenda, no matter if it's, you know, no matter if it's the right agenda or the left agenda, because one thing I will tell you is um, there's not one political party that has a monopoly on being right or being wrong. It's it's a game for these people, these politicians. And I encourage you guys, don't ever get brainwashed by one side or another. And, um, you know, when Trump was in office, I definitely leaned heavy in support of his policies I was never a huge fan of him in particular. Um, but then again, I, I I don't know that that's fair to say because I think he was playing on a different dimension and what he was fighting behind the scenes. Um, I don't think that we, any of us, no matter if you're for or against, really got a true understanding and perspective of the, some of the battles in the trenches and that was that was going on behind the scenes. Um, but my point is that, you know, the right will manipulate you just as much as the left if they get the opportunity. So you can't be a homer. You can't just start just um, you can be conservative. You can be libertarian. Uh, you can be liberal, whatever that you want to be. Just have your own ideas about each specific subject and don't just toe the party line. If you just want to be a member of a team or a member of a club, then go. you need to go do something else. Go watch football. Get out of politics because that is one of the reasons why we, we have all these problems today because everything is so polarized based on not people's real opinions. It's just... I'm team red or I'm team blue. And um, that's problematic because there's 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 problems on both sides. Now, I will say, you know, the with the left um, and how they're able to, you know, hamstring people and and censor people and uh, cancel culture and woke America and and the leftist agenda with owning, you know, the big media outlets um, it's definitely leaned that way for, uh, you know, for a while. And the pendulum is always going to swing back just like Roe, Roe v. Wade. Um, that stuff happens because, you know, people, um, you know, all I can say is, you, you know, you, you, you got to be careful of how you, how you use your power because it's going to come back to bite you in the butt. <clears throat> so when I say a lack of perspective, uh, historical perspective and historical context, I mainly am talking about the left. But like I said, I'm, I'll bring up things on the right as well. 
So people talking about political issues um, and they want to just win the argument. They, they conveniently forget certain things from history. Now, that used to be my opinion, but now I think just like the last episode was lack of education, this kind of ties into it because I don't know if it's willed ignorance or it's just plain stupidity, but people do not want to crack a book and understand from a historical perspective any of these issues. And I'll bring up some issues um, on the right and left that I'm talking about. So when you talk about... uh, Everything from gay rights to trans rights, all the LGBTQ stuff. Uh, you talk about reparations for, for blacks. Um, you talk about slavery. You talk about the Jim Crow era, uh, just equal rights, you know, perspective, women's rights. Um, you know, the Confederate flag and, and some of those generals that have statues down south. Um some of the um, how we view some of the people in in our past no matter if it's Martin Luther King Jr. Um, or Frederick Douglass or Malcolm X or now our founding fathers Abraham Lincoln um, to why we have certain laws on the book why police enforce certain things to gun rights um, and and why people um, prop up the Second Amendment and, and act like it's it's a big deal, which it is. Um, you know, foreign wars, uh, colonialism, you, you hear that being thrown around a lot right now. And I'm going to break down uh, some of these. Now, now those are just kind of off the cuff, some of the things that you need historical perspective about. And let's use the last one that I I just brought up, colonialism. So one of the things I I see in the news quite a bit is people trying to use that term to other people or to make them like the enemy. So there is an attack um, on white America to a certain extent. And and not that uh, as a white person, I'm, I'm the victim. Because trust me, I have the historical context to understand why this happens. I, I, I get it. Uh, we're, we're the oppressors. We're the people in power. We're the colonialist, whatever. Okay? And I can understand why someone wants to go there in the sense of it's very easy to grasp at that if you have a very vague understanding of just the last 500, 700 years of what has shaped this world, the the colonizing of other countries. Now, where I believe people lack historical perspective is I saw this video on uh, YouTube or Facebook, or not Facebook, uh, Twitter the other day where it was, it was in Portland, and there was a lady, a white lady, arguing with a, a brown-skinned man. I don't know if he was Hispanic. 
I don't know if he was Middle Eastern. I don't know if he was uh, Indian, you know, from India. I don't know if he was Native American. I, I don't know. I mean, I really didn't try to, you know, figure it out or read. But I know that he was, they were both like liberal people and they were arguing about a something that happened in traffic. Like one of them cut the other one off and they were complaining and the lady said something like, come back, you know, go back to where you came from, meaning that he was not from the city of Portland. And because the city of Portland, she said that people drive with a certain kind of courtesy or whatever else. Now, um, he took it as you're a white lady and you're telling me to, you know, I'm not allowed to be here or whatever because of whatever minority group he belongs to. And I'm not sitting here saying uh, that he's right or wrong cause I, I wasn't there. I just know the context of the video. But he started calling her a a, a colonialist um, or colonist. Um, someone that, you know, m- meaning it is now, that is the new term of a degradating variety, a, a derogatory term for a white person. You colonialist, you... You, you oppressor. Um, and they started arguing back and forth. And, and what I was thinking was, hmm, I would really like to know um, where this person is from, where their family is from, what their history is, what their lineage is. Because, you know, white people, um, it's no secret in America. Most of us are mutts. You know, we have a little bit of Irish. We got a little bit of a Dutch. We got a little bit of German. We got a little bit of Italian. We got a little bit of the Polish. You know, we got a little bit of everything. A little Heinz 57. You know, when I did my 23andMe, I was from all over the place. I got a little, uh, I got um, Jewish, Jewish ancestry. I got uh, Dutch. I got Irish. I got Polish. I got German and, you know, whatever. And so um, a lot of minorities, including black people, they have a mix as well. There's very few people that it's just like I'm 98%, you know, Western African or 100% Native American or 97%, um, you know, indigenous uh, um, Mexican or something like that. Most people... Um, in America that have been here more than a few generations, they've their bloodlines kind of been watered down a little bit. And so you might have someone that's, you know, Italian and Hispanic and or, um, you know, uh, like my I have an in-law that's uh, half Asian and half Hispanic, you know, um, and it might not just be a perfect half and half. It could be a quarter of this and a quarter of that. And my point is that everyone kind of chooses what they identify with. Do I identify more with the Jewish side uh, or the German side or the Irish side or the, or the Polish side? And and it really depends on how you were brought up. And so um, it's funny to me that this person, let's say that they had some Spanish blood in them. Okay, they they have some ancestry from Spain. Okay, let's just say, and maybe some from Portugal. 
which would be ironic if he was calling a white person from, let's just say, Poland, a colonialist. Because Poland really didn't play a big role in colonizing other countries. Now, Germany had a little bit. They did a little bit. Dutch people did a lot. Um, you know, England did a lot. France did a lot. Italy did a lot. You know, it wasn't too long ago that Italy um, were not thought of as white people, you know, in the early 1900s. Um, but the Irish, they, they didn't colonize. So you could be Scottish or Irish, um, and depending on how you view the United Kingdom or whatever, um, the, you know, especially Ireland, they, they didn't conquer anybody. They were conquered by, you know, uh, in the Scottish from, you know, the, the, the British, but they didn't colonize. So maybe this person was Polish and Irish and this person that was saying, Hey, you're an oppressor. You're a, a, a colonialist, you're a colonist. And they are Spanish and Portuguese, which are really probably in the top three of the, in, in the, you know, 1300s on that did all the colonizing. Like it was probably England, but before them, it was absolutely Portugal and absolutely Spain that, you know, I mean, they speak Spanish in Mexico because, well, we know what the Spanish conquistadors did. And we know uh, what the Portuguese did in Brazil because Brazil doesn't speak Brazilian. They speak Portuguese. So my point is that Yes, there are places in Northern Africa where they speak French. <laughs> there is places in, uh, you know, in, in other parts of um, the world where they speak a language where you wouldn't think, and it's because of their uh, colonialist roots. If you go to certain places in, let's say, uh, India, that you, you see the roots of, of um, colonialism. Um, Hong Kong used to belong to the uh, Great Britain. So I'm not saying uh, colonialism didn't happen. I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. What I'm saying is it was a thing. And if you were a country in power, um, then you colonized. And if you have the historical perspective, and if you read a history book and you just understand logistics, then you would understand why Portugal and Spain and England were big colonizers. One, they had ports. They had a big navy. They had lots of ships. So it was very easy for them to go into other countries. They weren't landlocked. Like Poland, it's a little bit harder for them to be colonists. Okay. Um, and then you say to your, you might say, well, Johnny, why didn't any of the African people, why didn't they colonize other places? Well, it depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about Northern Africa, there's plenty of places in Northern Africa where um, Europe and Northern Africa fought. There's plenty of places like the Moors when they took over uh, Greece and, and part of Italy. Um, you know, they, they definitely conquered land. Um, so... 
and if you go in those parts of uh, the world, and places in Greece, places in Crete, for instance, uh, even uh, Sicily, um, you know, there's there's lots of stories, and you can tell that people's bloodlines were uh, if they've been there their entire. Um, you know, their family line has been there the entire time. You can see some of those influences of some of those people that were conquered. Middle Eastern people, for instance. I mean, Egypt is a, you know, they look more Middle Eastern in, uh, and um, Arab than they do African. But Egypt is in Africa. Um, so my point is that there was lots of other minority groups that were quote unquote minority groups that um, did, you know, um, colonizing type activities. Back in the day, when you went to war and um, or you um, went to a, a land that was their population were still um, very much in the Stone Age, they weren't advanced. Um, it was a, a very common occurrence that, you know, you might push them out, you might kill them, you might, you know, I would say enslave them. That wasn't until later on because most of the slavery that happened all the way up to, you know, the, the uh, 14, 15, 1600s was basically people of one race enslaving people from their own race. Uh, if you look at Greek history, Roman history, you look at, you know, Chinese history, you look at um, any place in the world that had slaves, um, you know, Native Americans, you know, they enslaved each other uh, in North America when, you know, the, 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 the Cheyenne or Lakota or, or um, the Apache, they attacked another tribe. They either killed them or enslaved them, you know. Uh, same with the, the, the Incas and the Aztecs and the Mayans. They enslaved and slaughtered entire tribes of people. And these were indigenous people. These weren't white people that were slaughtering them. Yes, when the Spaniards came, they, they, they slaughtered them, the indigenous people of uh, the Yucatan and Mexico. But, um, you know, that was after they were killing each other at alarming rates, okay? And yeah, they didn't have advanced weaponry. They didn't have guns, gunpowder, things like that. But boy, they chopped off a lot of people's heads. Okay, so let's get back to Africa, why they didn't colonize. Well, if you know anything about geography and you look at the continent of Africa, and if you've ever spent any time in Africa, there's very few, there's very little coastline in Africa. Um, and you go, well, what are, what are you talking about? There's lots of coastline. Well, not coastline that can support a port. Um, because most of Africa is above sea level, which means they have these giant cliffs. Like you, you go to to certain places, they have ports, and those are where the Ivory Coast, because that's where the ivory trade uh, in Africa. The Gold Coast, that's where obviously the gold trade, and what they used to call the Black Coast, and that was where the slave trade where or um, originated. And it originated by, you know, Africans enslaving other Africans and later selling them to uh, Europeans. But they already had a slave trade going on uh, amongst themselves long before the Europeans showed up. 
um, other European traders that were there to trade other things. And they said, oh, wow, you got some slaves. Give me some of those. And so that's why all of that happened in the western part of Africa. You don't see any, very much slave trade in the eastern part of Africa or the Horn of Africa. Um, there's very small, you know, like Somalia, there's some ports in northern Africa, you know, uh, Tunisia and, and uh, places up there. There's definitely some ports. But for the most part, Africa, um, and there's a lot of those countries that are landlocked in the coast, uh, the countries that are on the quote unquote coast, they're above sea level where they cannot support a port. So most African countries at this time were smaller. They were more villages, tribal. Um, it, they didn't have a central government you know, to build something like a navy or whatever. So you had individual maybe fishing vessels but you didn't have a large organized government system because they were too busy, you know, dealing with stuff in Africa. Um, they, they, they weren't necessarily trying to, um, they weren't as ambitious and it wasn't because they were dumb. It wasn't because they're primitive. It was ambition comes from, um, it's if, if you're poor and you can't keep the lights on and pay your bills, you're not going to be ambitious. You're just going to be just grinding it out. Um, you're going to be trying to pay your bills, get whatever job that you can, work two, three, four jobs. You're probably not going to be thinking about your medical degree. Some people do, but for most people, they're just trying to maintain. They're just trying to survive. And then if you get a windfall, you get maybe ahead a little bit, you buy yourself a little, a little bit of breathing room, maybe get a vacation, a second car, maybe another house, maybe you go back to school, maybe you want to switch jobs, Maybe you want to start your own business. And, and governments happen the same way. You can see America is ambitious to solve problems all around the world because we, we are, are so wealthy and we have so much going for us. And that kind of goes to show you how well we have it. People are like, oh, America is just going to shit. Well, obviously, we have it pretty good. Or we wouldn't be sending $80 billion to Ukraine to help them out. You don't see other countries doing that because they have so many problems they're focused on. They're not focused on other people's problems. When's the last time you heard that Ukraine sent us money? Um, they sent it to Hunter Biden's checking account, maybe. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I digress. So my, my point is, from a historical perspective, when you understand why colonialism happened and who funded it, and it was... It was extremely wealthy or governmental organizations or kings and queens that were funding, hey, go look for this. You can try to find some gold. And when they found gold, they would say, okay, claim this land for the king, for the queen, for the whatever, so we can get that gold. They weren't trying to start a colony necessarily. They were just out for wealth and riches. And uh, they were doing that in Africa as well, but they didn't have to leave that continent to get gold and diamonds and and things that they that they saw valuable. And then when they harvested the gold and the ivory and stuff, people came to them and then they traded for it. And that's how those tribes and those um, indigenous people of those countries in Africa, how they got to be wealthy. When you don't have any of that stuff in some of these countries, they went elsewhere and that's how colonialism, you know, um, a lot of the reason why it happened, okay? By today's standards, that guy that was arguing 
with that white woman wants to believe colonialism happens because we're white and we're inherently evil and we just want to take over shit. You know, we, we, we have a lot of blood on our hands as human beings. And when we try to separate ourselves as this white person, what we are ignoring is that white culture has a lot of different bloodlines that come from a lot of different areas of the world. What if that person came from fucking Greenland? Are they still a colonist? Are they still an oppressor? What, what happens when that person came from Siberia? You know, I mean, where do, does the, the, where does the col, uh, colonization uh, begin and where does it end? Because Native Americans in North America actually came from the Siberia um, and the Bering Strait when it connected with Alaska. And then they migrated over to Alaska, down to Canada, down to the United States. Obviously, we didn't have countries at the time. We didn't have central governments. So that was all okay. But you're telling me once other people migrated to other places is if it's just the um, if it's the Apaches taking over the Lakota or the Pawnee Indians and, and slaughtering them, is that not colonialism or is that something else? Um, yeah, they're not making up colonies or whatever else, but they are they are taking over when the Mongols you know, took over all of China. Um, that was that colonialism, uh, you know, exactly. Um, you know, I understand the definition, uh, you know, having a colony somewhere else. But what, what I'm saying is since the beginning of human history, people have been trying to take each other's shit and take each other's land and take each other's food, take each other's resources. That ain't new. And um, the powers that be when colonial colonialism was at its peak Yes, it was a lot of um, Caucasian um, countries that were perpetuating in that because those were the advanced civilizations for the most part. Uh, you got to remember Japan was still um, very isolated until you know the late 1800s, early 1900s. They were literally chopping the heads off of anybody that came to their shoreline. I mean, you couldn't trade with them. You couldn't do anything. And, um, you know, I mean, you can go watch the movie The Last Samurai with Tom Cruise. And, yeah, it might not be the most historically accurate film, but there's a lot of things that are extremely historical, um, historically accurate, which, for instance, the, the old Japan fighting with the modern Japan. I mean, Russia, they, they try to uh, start to get modernized in the, in the, in the early to mid-19th uh, century. There's a lot of places that that it took them a while to kind of get up to speed what some of the other Western countries were doing. Um, and so it's, it's not a, um, a given that just because you were part of a, you know, colonialist society that somehow that shows a level of, uh, selfishness and evil that isn't found in, let's say, when the British took over Australian, uh, Australia, and of course there was indigenous people there. Um, it's it, it's just a power dynamic. If the indigenous people had the power, would they have? Are are they so righteous that they're not going to try to take over? I mean, where do you think people came from when you go to Tasmania or New Zealand? 
Are you telling me that those people have always been there and there there wasn't people that were coming from different areas? Um, and so you have to understand that, you know, when you go to, let's say, the, the, the islands in the Pacific, there's some that are, you know, Asian and Polynesian and, and a mixture of both. And there's a lot of, of historical things that happen that determine who owned what island. And it wasn't just, I'm going to buy this from you. It was, I'm going to kill all your people and enslave them or, uh, or chop their heads off or whatever else. That is just the way of the world. And so when you don't come with that historical perspective and you just want to say white people are evil, everybody with darker skin is a victim, and then you're never going to actually solve some of these problems because you can't even find what the root cause because you don't know the historical uh, context of, of why this happened over this. And you just want to pretend that one uh, person is good and one person is evil based on their skin color. And it's so perplexing to me when you see the things of the left, of what that their arguments are, they end up turning into the things that they're saying they're fighting against. No matter if it's the abortion debate, all these people are up in arms about a school shooting saying we got to protect our kids. And in the meantime, they're killing literally tens of millions of babies uh, that are still in the womb. And they try to say it's just a bundle of cells, but they're, they don't care if the baby is uh, six weeks old or if it's eight and a half months old. They are pro-killing babies. Um, you, you hear people that don't even, they, they try to say that that is not a person yet. When there's preemies that are born at seven months old, that could be in an incubator and they and they live. And it's so hypocritical because there's not one person, okay? And I haven't read the statistics, but I, I'm going to go ahead and take a, uh, take a leap here and say there's not one person that's pro-abortion that's ever been aborted, <laughs> okay? I'm going to take a leap and say, hey, I've been aborted and it's not that bad. I'm pro-abortion. And so... You know, they're they're against guns because they don't want them killing people. They're against the death penalty because you don't want to kill people. You're against war because I don't want to kill people. But then at, at the at the large percentage of minority population, Hispanic and black, are the the biggest uh, people that are being killed by uh, aborted fetuses. You know, the 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 number one uh, people that are being impacted by this are, are, are lower income and especially blacks and Hispanic. And we're supposed to be protecting them. Now, how, how can, let me ask you this. If uh, black people are, you know, 16 to 18% of the population, how could we ever grow that population to have them be, have a bigger voice in our country if we're killing all of them in the womb? And to sit there and not investigate that, if you're on the left and not, not try to put a little bit of thought into that is perplexing to me. You know, because that is the way that um, people can get some equity and some power, but they're, but you keep keeping them down without forcing them to, um, or, or allowing them, not forcing them, but allowing them 
for to to grow their communities and not um, and and act, acting like that you're somehow protecting them by enabling them to be able to quickly eradicate any unwanted pregnancy when we can see that there is there's there's so much that can happen um, positive if you just give give it a shot no matter if it's adoption no matter if it's having an unwanted pregnancy that you bring to term and then all of a sudden you know you you you're responsible because you have you understand what what that means to have a child and believe it or not it might not sound like this um i am not um a pro lifer i'm i've always been pro choice i just don't i just see the hypocrisy me personally me personally, I'm pro-life. My political opinion is pro-choice because I don't think it's my right to necessarily tell someone else what they should do or not do. But it doesn't make it any less killing a person. Just like I'm pro-gun and I say if someone breaks into your house, you fucking shoot them. But you're still killing a person. I mean, I can admit that if someone breaks into my house and I shoot them in the face, I killed somebody. No matter if it's justifiable or not. Well, if you abort a baby, no matter if it's justifiable or not, you killed that baby. And you have to be good with that. But nobody wants to admit that. They want to pretend like it's a bundle of cells. Well, technically, we're all a bundle of cells. So where do you draw that line? And so my point is, they don't understand the historical perspective of, you know, why Planned Parenthood, who is started by who it's funded by, what the purpose of it initially was. And if they saw it for what it is and how it started, they might have a different perspective of why are they encouraging the same groups of people to abort their babies. So no matter if we're talking about colonization, you're talking about uh, reparations, um, you know, you're talking about the history of the Confederate flag. Um, and 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 I say that because there's there's people on the right that want to pretend like it's not a racist emblem. And, and, and I think that that's problematic because um, just because you don't view it that way doesn't mean that the world doesn't see it that way. You don't get to choose what the world, the world's perspective, because the swastika was not a racist symbol to the Native Americans and to Indian culture that's been around for thousands upon thousands of years. And then Hitler took it and fucking inverted it and and turned it in what it, what it is and that forever will be known as a racist symbol. And you don't get to determine that it's not because that is what it's turned into. And so even more so, um, or really at the same, you know, the same thing when the Confederates marched into battle holding this flag and the reason they were going to battles because they wanted to keep slavery alive, then by default, that takes on the definition of what they were fighting for. No matter if you like it or not. And the funny thing is, is I think, I think everyone's in agreement in the sense of like, those people that try to say, no, I'm just prideful of their South. Man, I know and you know why you're carrying that. It's not for Southern pride. 
It's, you know, go fucking drink some sweet tea if you want to have Southern pride. It's because you're hearkening back to something else. And I'm not going to say that you're the most, you know, racist person in the world, the most prejudiced person, but um, you definitely lack empathy if you don't understand why that would be triggering to people or to have statues of Confederate um, generals. And I'm not for tearing down statues. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I think it's important for people to at least acknowledge why that that would be triggering for somebody and why the Confederate flag being flown in your truck. Like in my town, there's this guy that he's always flying the Confederate flag in the back of his truck. And I always think to myself, why, you know, I live in Wyoming and it's mostly white people. Yeah. How, you know, how convenient for you, but go to, uh, Columbus, Georgia, and do that, and see if see if you still have the balls to to practice what you preach, and see if you really believe in this, where you're willing to 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 wear that on your sleeve and 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 debate people on that on a daily basis. Because if you truly debated somebody, you you would have to, um, if if you truly cared about the truth, like Socrates did, that he would use the Socratic method and drill down and, and see how much knowledge that you had in, in any particular area, or he wouldn't debate you. He just said, hey, I'm not going to talk to you because you're not worth my time because you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. You, If you find somebody that's flying the Confederate flag, I can almost promise you that not even nine times out of 10, probably 97 times out of 100, they're going to have very limited knowledge of any of that shit, the stars and bars, Confederacy, we were just uh, trying to get it, uh, you know, we're against the tyrannical government, the blah, blah, blah. No, dude, it, they were a treasonous army trying to literally, uh, you want to talk about insurrection, they were trying to take over this fucking country. That's treason, bro. You know, no matter if you agree with it or not, it was fucking treason. And so, you know, the Republican Party started as an anti-slavery party. Most people don't understand that, and most people don't know that. And the Democratic Party was the pro-slavery party. And to sit there and, and not make those connections and or, or pretend like the KKK is just a club. Oh, we're just a, we're just a club. <laughs> I mean, you, you cannot erase the historical significance of actions that happened in the past. Okay, slavery happened. Oppression of black people happened. Us, you know, stealing Texas from Mexico happened. <laughs> the Louisiana Purchase happened. Us, you know, screwing over the French um, and, you know, when they were bankrupt uh, to, to, to buy that part of our country happened. There's lots of sh- fucked up shady shit that happened for and against and whoever was in power at the time took advantage of it. But if, if you look at us taking over Texas from the Mexicans, if you would have gotten a time machine and go back another five, six, 700 years, you would see someone else taking that same land from someone else. There was no deed of ownership back then, no matter if it was the Incas, the Aztecs, no matter if it was, you know, the, indigenous people of North America, Native American tribes that were fighting amongst each other, might made right. And whoever was the strongest that wanted that land, 
kept it. Uh, you know, when the the Native Americans that were more nomadic people, they didn't give a shit about the land. They they followed the buffalo. But once they started, um, you know, being centrally located, um, and I, I just mean societies in general, not necessarily the Native Americans because they were, for the most part, forced to be centrally located when we, you know, with the whole American, the um, American Indian Act or whatever that put them on the reservation. I'm talking about just people in general. Once people started saying we want uh, our land and and be autonomous, um, like Japan did, anybody that comes here, we're killing them. Um, you know, in 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 Asia, of course, they see them as the quote unquote white people. They're the oppressors. You know, they took over Korea and and uh, um, parts of China and enslaved people and everything else, right? And so. My point is, if whatever time period you're in, go forward a couple hundred years or go back a couple hundred years, you're going to see different people, you know, being oppressed. That's 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 the interesting thing when you look at like Israel, um, of how long they've been fighting over that land, and depending on where you land your time machine, you might go, oh, this belongs to these people clearly. And then you go back a thousand years. Oh, it belongs to these people. And you go forward 500 years. Oh, it belongs to these people. And it's really gets convoluted because when you have that much history, it's very hard to try to, to determine ownership. It just is because I live in a house. I'm broadcasting this right now from my house and the land that I'm on used to belong to native Americans at some point. I I promise you Uh, when I say belong, I mean, somebody, had their fucking teepee up or they hunted on this land or whatever. And then somebody came and said, oh, I'm settling this and this is a homestead and blah, blah. And if, you know, uh, Native Americans would come and uh, uh, raid them or whatever else. And uh, trust me, there's lots of Native American battlegrounds all around where I'm at. I'm constantly looking at all the different different uh, battle sites and stuff, uh, you know, and, and uh, Little Bighorn is only about a mile or uh, an hour north of me. And so... My point is that um, it, you know, a history book from one perspective or another perspective, they're going to be different. Uh, truth is about perception and perspective, but it's important that you have historical context to understand that you you can't get mad at when when two tribes fought and one slaughtered the other because they were both playing the same game. Everybody knew what game that they were playing. And you can say that it's not fair, uh, but that's just the way that the world was. If when, when, when people enslaved black people and brought them over here to help build this country, obviously there was a large percentage of people that didn't see a problem with that, including a lot of our founding fathers. But it doesn't mean that our founding fathers are, are evil. You have to look at it from the cultural perspective of the time. And a lot of them... Um, in the time, they understood that it, this is problematic or it was wrong. They just did not have the 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 political will to try to to eradicate it at the time because most people don't know this, but that was in some of the initial drafts. The founding fathers wanted to eradicate slavery, but they knew that they could not um, win against the British without some of those slave uh, colonies that were pro-slavery. So to get them on board with being able to 
uh, be independent from the British. They needed those people. And so they, they, they didn't put those in the, in the founding documents of this country. But they, they eventually did. And we don't get enough credit as Americans that you know we eradicated slavery before uh, there are a lot of places in this world because it still happens today. Go over to China. Go over to uh, some of the some of the crazy shit that happens in Africa in in some of these third world countries. Slavery still happens today. We just don't want to believe that's true because we live in America where with with all of our problems we are always trying to look within and how to correct those things no matter if you're looking at you know look at where women were in the 1800s and 1900s and and in the 1930s 1950s 1970s you see progress and then look at women today look at gay men in the 50s and how they were depicted in media and in commercials and how they're depicted today look at at transsexuals just 10 years ago how they were depicted and how they're depicted today and I'm not saying that's right or wrong I don't care what you believe necessarily that's a different debate for a different time my point is that this country we're always trying to progress uh, sometimes too fast but my point is we're trying to identify problems and trying to fix them but when you don't come from a historical perspective you're going to fuck some shit up when you don't understand and that's kind of what's going on right now with some of the uh with the trans stuff especially with like trans athletes that we're not understanding like we got to slow this down a little bit because now we're stepping on the rights of other people to try to prop up a a marginalized group we are stepping on the backs of of previous marginalized groups i.e women and so we got to make sure that we are still taking care of the people that we've we that we're trying to take care of. We we still have a lot of problems. But if you don't see uh, the progress that we've made, then you haven't been paying attention. And frankly, it's willed ignorance. You're choosing not to see the truth because if you read enough history, if you read classic literature, and you see what the world was like in the 1700s, in the 1600s. If you, if you don't understand that what the Middle East looked like in 500 BC, um, what, what it like, looked like at, at 500 AD and, and, and how it changed, and some of it never changed. Look at Afghanistan. Uh, you want to talk about colonization, that's one country that's never been colonized. Like Thailand's never been colonized, and Japan's never been colonized. And there's certain, certain uh, places that uh, they've progressed very quickly. Other places, not as much. But my point is that it, it's important that you understand the historical significance and where it's rooted. And so when I see people debating online, when I see people talking on CNN or Fox News, when I see people pontificating about how to solve certain things, they usually lack the historical uh, knowledge or perspective because they they're just looking at maybe the last 20 years there's they're just looking at the last 10 years they don't understand that you want progress to be steered slowly for that reason is because we have to understand what the second third and fourth order effects of things are like for instance if you say 
hey, we're going to get rid of all fossil fuel. Sometimes people forget what that second, third, and fourth order effect is. What happens when um, that person doesn't realize that those fossil fuels is what's powering those power plants to keep electricity on and, and uh, you know, hospitals around this country and, and people are, that are on ventilators and IVs and all kinds of other crap and all of a sudden they lose power and it's a brownout for eight hours because of people short-sightedness where they're just wanting to feel woke and feel like, oh, I'm doing something great for this world and they're getting rid of something that is so insignificant when you look at the total carbon footprint of the planet getting, you know, getting rid of fossil fuels just in this country alone would be just such a pin drop in what the world is doing. But we're willing to really significantly hurt our economy, our people, our infrastructure by not having alternatives in place. And those alternatives aren't going to happen overnight, just like fossil fuels didn't happen overnight. We, I mean, look at what we had. We had horseback for how many thousands of years before we finally even um, invented something like a stagecoach or invented something like uh, a, a steam engine or um, a, a sailing ship and then later a steam-powered ship uh, or a coal-powered ship. And then, you know, later after like locomotives and stuff like that, you know, uh, cars and, and and where we're at now, but it took thousands of years of ingenuity to get where we're at now. And then we're thinking we're going to fix it in a couple years. And that's just not how it's going to work. And so um, the idea that we're not understanding what the actual problem is for those people that, you know, if you want to talk about global warming, and you say, hey, if America got rid of all of its fossil fuel, 100% of it tomorrow, our carbon footprint in the world would only go down like 9%. We're only like 9% of the carbon footprint because of India and China. And, and, and I hate to say it, but Africa. And, and, and how, how you want to talk about privilege. All these fucking woke people that are saying, um, there, you know, there's places in Africa that don't even have clean drinking water and don't even have uh, uh, heat to heat their house or air conditioning um, because that takes fossil fuels. And right when when they're about to get it, we're saying, "Hey, world, we need to do away with this shit." And they're like, "Well, fuck! It's been great for you that you've had air conditioning the last 50 years, but we we're just now fucking getting it. Now I got to get rid of because because the Freon and air conditioners. Fuck you. How about that? Fuck you." How about fuck you? We got people that are dying at mala uh, from malaria, something that doesn't even uh, happen in this country, um, in this part of the world. And people, you know, that's the number one killer in a place like Africa. And, you know, with some of our fossil fuel technology, if they had the infrastructure for that, it would eradicate a lot of those things how they would be able to mitigate those things and just stay away from mosquitoes. They they still sleep with like mosquito nets and shit like that. You don't realize how good you have it. And it's real easy to lecture the rest of the world about how we have to change. And, when you, and you don't even know how the rest of the world fucking lives because you've never been off the internet long enough, off social media and out of your little perfect air-conditioned fucking Tesla not understanding 
that all, all those indigenous people you think you're defending, we are oppressing them to get that lithium ion battery that's powering that fucking car. Like you don't realize that comes from the worst places of Africa and Afghanistan. And what do we happen to do to those people to get those fossil fuels? You think we're giving them a 401k plan and 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 great retirement benefits and two days paid uh, leave and fucking $18 an hour? You're fucking smoking crack. And you might go, well, that's white people. Oh, yeah? You don't think that there's African businessmen that are fucking... Uh, basically enslaving these people working in these lithium ion mines and th- that they're that they're not profiting from that shit there's no indigenous people in africa that are uh, profiting from this no government organization no tribal organization you are fucking stupid you know i saw corruption at the highest level when i was in afghanistan and it was promulgated by afghan people people that are were were born and raised in Afghanistan and they said, fuck it, I want to get mine. They didn't give a shit about their own people and they would sell their own people out. And if you don't think that that's, that happens everywhere, then you're fucking stupid. And so if you really want to have conversations about how you're going to solve things, you got to do a little bit of research first. You got to crack a history book. You need to understand the root causes of all this stuff. And I'm not saying I know everything. Obviously, I don't. But I know enough to at least have a conversation and to understand where my knowledge lacks and what I can have an opinion on and what I can't have an opinion on. You know, I didn't offer up all these solutions. All I'm saying is I know enough to understand that these things are not necessarily the problem and these other things are not the solution. And if I knew more, maybe I could offer up solution, but that's why it's important to do the research, understand from all different perspectives and not just yours from a woke ideology sitting in America where you don't have to worry about shit. I mean, those are the people that no matter how bad you think uh, the colonialists were, you are more of an oppressor if you're just sitting here in America right now watching Netflix and on fucking Instagram you are doing more to hurt this fucking world than a lot of those fucking people ever would or did. You don't think that you're doing it, but you are. Because you are part of the system. There's millions of people that are wrongfully imprisoned. There's millions of people that have been fighting in wars for the last 20 years that come back with all kinds of fucked up shit and the VA is forgetting about them and our government is forgetting about them and our society is forgetting about them. But you don't care. You're not protesting in the streets for that because that's not the hot shit. The hot shit is like, oh, the fucking, uh, you know, pro-life debate, you know, the Roe v. versus Wade or or when, you know, some cop shoots uh, shoots somebody or some school shooting or whatever the fucking flavor of the, of the week, not even the month. It will never even last a month. In, in the meantime, there's still significant things that are happening in this country that have been happening for decades, if not longer, and then people don't give a shit about that. They, they pretend that they do, but they don't. They don't really. They don't understand those root causes or give a shit about the truly marginalized people in this country. And if you're on the left, which I am not, then what the fuck are you doing about that shit? You are living in the system. You are working in the system. You're paying taxes in the system. You're benefiting from the system that is this oppressive system. 
Why don't you get out of the system and stop being a part of it? But no, you're not. You're not going to. You're not going to go to some other country. You're not, you're not going to try to find um, truth somewhere else because you don't realize how good you have it. You're still going to put, you know, all these people that are 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 complaining about uh, fossil fuels. You're still putting gas in your car, and if you got a Tesla, you're still plugging it into the wall. And where's that energy coming from? Fossil fuel, and most of it didn't come from California. It comes from places like Wyoming. We're powering your shit. So you guys don't even understand, like the tires you put on your fucking Tesla, where they come from and what fossil fuels are used to make that shit. You're, you're so concerned about one thing, but you're so ignorant to the rest of the infrastructure of the asphalt roads and the rubber on your fucking shoes and the sweatshops that make your fucking Prada bags that you don't, it's, it's too uncomfortable for you to know the truth because you're going to realize that you take the worst MAGA Trump supporter that you can think of that stormed the fucking Capitol on January 6th. And from a historical perspective, you're only a few millimeters behind them. You're every bit the oppressor that they are because you are part of this system and you're doing nothing about it. You think you are because you go left or right or I voted this way and I drive a fucking Tesla and I'm a vegan. Oh, you are so full of shit of the money that you're giving corporation. Yeah, you're not giving corporation A, but you're giving it to corporation B. And corporation B is just as corrupt as corporation A. And you don't even realize what corporation B is doing in these third world countries and what they're really doing with those lobbyists and behind closed doors to get their sweetheart deals and all the fossil fuels that they're using or resources or indigenous people that they're benefiting from. People that are dying in these fucking lithium mines in Africa, that it takes 60% of their fucking water just to mine for this shit. But you don't care or or care to know because you just want to have an opinion without actually knowing the facts and doing the research. Because you don't really want to solve the problem. You just want to look smart. You just want to feel righteous. And that right there shows the level of narcissism that has infected this country that people don't even realize that posting videos on TikTok and Instagram are part of the fucking problem. So to summarize, I went on, you know, one of my epic rants. Hopefully some of that makes some sense. I don't like offering up problems without solutions. And I... If I was smart enough to have solutions for all of these problems, boy, I would probably be in a lot better position in my life than I am now, or I'd be fucking killed by the government. Who knows? But my point is that the solution is in within all of us, and, and, that's, and that's do us better. Don't fix other people before you fix yourself. Next time you want to point at somebody for having a big diesel pickup truck, know that that is a fraction of the problem when you're fucking getting on a plane going to fucking Vegas for absolutely no reason besides to have fun or go to Key West or go to Cancun. I mean, all these Tesla people fly all over the fucking place not understanding that that plane flight from LA 
to New York and New York to LA back, that guy can drive his big ass diesel truck for the rest of his fucking life. And it doesn't have this, it doesn't even have the same uh, carbon that, that you're putting in the atmosphere as those, that plane trip. That plane trip is, that guy's good for the rest of his life. He never gets on a plane. All he does is drive that diesel truck every day. It still doesn't have the negative impact that that plane did. Especially being up at 30,000 fucking feet. <laughs> people just don't, they only want to look what other people are doing. They're not looking what they're doing. Hey, fuck face. Every time that you get Uber Eats, every time that you fucking order something from Amazon, what do you think that carbon footprint is when they're having to fly your goddamn fucking package and your face moisturizer that you could have just bought over here that's already been fucking delivered, but no, you're going to make a UPS driver. Uh, they're they're going to fucking fly and then drive just to your stupid fucking house to d- deliver your one fucking package. But you don't think you're part of the problem. How convenient. How convenient. I do all of that shit too. I'm no better than you, except I know what I'm doing and I don't try to be righteous. I don't try to be better. I understand that I'm part of this system, but I also understand that that's just the way of the world, that these systems, you're only looking at one aspect. You're not looking at the benefit of that UPS driver and the carbon footprint of him being able to get somebody insulin, medical supplies, baby formula, and all of that shit as well. For everything that's bad that you think that airplane's doing or that diesel pickup truck, that diesel big rig is bringing you shit that's going to keep you alive and that helps society as well. It's not always one or the other. The, the dichotomy of this world has been known for thousands of years. If you read Lao Tzu and, and, and uh, ancient Chinese philosophy and you look at the yin-yang, the yin and the yang, they knew from thousands of years ago that you cannot, for, for true balance, you have to have light and dark, good and bad. And it's a dance. And, and as long as it's balanced. But to sit here and pretend like we're going to abolish this, we're going to outlaw this, we're going to take everyone's guns, take everyone's diesel trucks, take everyone's sports cars, you're not allowed to have uh, any of this. But we're going to give you free this and free that. You can't, I mean, you got to have balance. You got to have balance. To try to eradicate any one thing, you might not be realizing what the benefit of that is. I mean, something has to die for something else to grow. I mean, you, you have to at least understand where stuff comes from and what the, the implications are and I truly believe almost all of our answers to most of this stuff is somewhere in our history books and we're too stupid to look at it when, when all of that information is somewhere on my phone and in, 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 uh, Audible or my Kindle or on Amazon or a, a website or a news organization or a YouTube video. But we're too busy on TikTok and Instagram to, to pay attention and actually sit there and try to read a book that an author wrote in the 1400s and understand, oh, this is why they did X, Y, and Z from their perspective. I mean, I'm, I'm no different 
I'm telling you guys, I learned so much from the this personal growth challenge, reading Russian literature. I'm learning more about the French Revolution because the Russians were obsessed with Napoleon and what was going on with Napoleon for obvious reasons because he was trying to take over part of Russia too. But I'm learning more from the French Revolution reading Russian novels than I ever would from taking a history class. So the point that I'm trying to make and I would say I'm starting to degrade down to the beating a dead horse. Is like Socrates says, true knowledge is knowing that you know nothing. You got to start with that. You got to start with, I got to do some research and I got to figure out this stuff so we can have a nuanced perspective instead of this polarizing good or bad, black or white, red or blue. That's, that's horse shit. There's good and bad that comes out of all of that and you have to acknowledge the parts that people play, good and bad, and stop finger pointing and maybe look at yourself in the mirror and say, what can I do better first before you start trying to you know, take care of the macro, you gotta take care of the micro. But you can't do any of that without a perspective from a historical context of the world and how we got here. It didn't happen in a vacuum. It took thousands of years to get to where we are now. It took thousands of years of progress to get TikTok. <laughs> I don't know if that's progress, but <clears throat> so thank you guys for listening. Um, for the few people that still support this podcast. Uh, I thank you for just being a supporter because more than anything, all I'm trying to do is is get people to think, get people to not necessarily have an opinion, but just get people to to think about their world with a little bit more uh, context and um, to ask as many questions as they try to answer. We have to talk more. And with all this technology, we've never been more disconnected. This podcast reaches many, many other countries. At the height of this podcast, it was listened to in like 11 different countries. There's people that listen to my other podcast that, um, you know, English is not their first language. And they reach out to me on on Instagram and tell me, you know, that uh, we, and we ha have communications. And that's one of the reasons I did my other podcast on dog training and stuff. Cause it's, it's fun just not to talk about all the shit and pointing fingers and, and come together as human beings of, of something that we share interest in dogs. You don't care what someone's political opinion is. You don't care what the religion is. You don't care what their, their, um, um, ethnicity is, you don't care what government organization they belong to. You're talking about your dog and that's all that matters in that moment. There's more things that bring us together than tear us apart. But if there's one thing that I'm a conspiracy theorist about, it's the power dynamics in the world want it that way. They want it that way. They want the plebs. They want the normal people 
the normies, the middle class to fight amongst ourselves because then we're not paying attention to all the hypocrisy, narcissism, scandals, criminal acts, and just blatant oppression that isn't done by a race, but it's done by a class of person. From the beginning of time till now, that's the one consistency. It's done by those, the haves versus the have-nots. And it took them a while, but they figured out, just have the have-nots fight with each other, and they won't overthrow us. Because if you read the history books until about, you know, 1800s, it's when they started getting some control. 1900s, definitely. Hey, We'll show them something shiny over here, get them to fight with each other here, do some propaganda, and they weren't, aren't going to overthrow us. They're not going to storm the gates and and guillotine us like, <laughs> like they were doing in France in the 19th century. They're like, no, we don't want this fucking leader. But now we have some of the worst leaders that we've ever seen in the history of humanity. And that says a lot because if you read ancient Roman literature, boy, there was a lot of shitty Roman emperors, but they suffered from the same problem that we did is they had opulence. They had a lot of things going for them. They had a lot of power. They had way too much free time. (laughs) And the people that were the haves, they got bored. And they started making mistakes and they started being weak and they started going for the easy solutions and they didn't want to make sacrifices anymore. And they wanted to oppress other people so they could still keep uh, a certain lifestyle until it all came crashing down. If you want to know what's going to happen to this country or this world, I truly believe the answers are in our history books. We just have to be smart enough and swallow our pride and understand that we don't have all the answers, but if we look at our history we'll have a pretty good understanding of how to predict the future. So, till next time, everybody. I'm Johnny Doe signing out. Thank you for all the support. Kind of one another. Always. Peace. I'm very important. Uh, I have any leather-bound book. And my apartment smells of rich mahogany. I'm friends with Merlin Olsen, too. He's comes over... On occasion.